Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Greater Alton Church. Great to have you with us. If you are visiting with us for the very first time, sit back and relax and uh, hope you will get something out of today's service. We come together to look at the Word of God, to worship God, and to leave changed. And we're hoping that 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 will take place in your life today. If we've got a bulletin, if you want to, if you've got a bulletin, make sure it's got the right date. I've been I'm concerned maybe somebody got last week's bulletin. Uh, but uh, in your bulletin, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. Uh, for example, campus next week, primary week will begin next week. We're going to be taking a bunch of kids down. And if you haven't filled out an application yet, I encourage you to go on Little Pray Bible Camp's uh, website, fill out that application. We're going to be looking at uh, the idea of stranger things. We're going to be looking at all the weird, strange stories in the Bible. You know, people think Christians are nuts for some of the things they believe. And they make fun of us, too. And yet, uh, what about that, though? What do we do with these strange stories? Are, do they make sense? And are, is there a lesson somewhere in, that, in these stories? We're going to be looking at that all week with, these, uh, with the campers. In fact, every week is going to be looking at that. Junior high, high school combined, the whole, the whole gamut. Also in your bulletin, you're going to notice if you open it up, there's something about the marriage treat coming up in New Harmony, Indiana. And since we're going to New Harmony, Indiana, we're looking at the music of marriage. And we've got a couple uh, that's going to be coming, Nathan and Tammy King, and they're very excited about coming to this. And I hope you'll uh, get, get your room reserved early because they do go fast. And we're going to have a great time here in in September. And of course, the the, uh, special contribution, people are hearing about this. We're going to have a special contribution church-wide, September the 10th. And if you'll look inside your bulletin, there's there's some spotlights of how some people are planning and how they're getting their money and getting things prepared for that special day. We're going to pay this building off, and we're going to be able to do some things, uh, some wonderful things because of that. And hope you'll all be, hope you all planning for that. Today we're in a series, this is the third week. We're looking at Proverbs, and today is uh, really chapter four. If you're reading through the book of Proverbs, the fourth day of June, chapter four is the chapter, and we're going to be seeing some of those verses right out of uh, Proverbs four. Uh, but we're looking at uh, rewards today. We're looking at the idea of what does it mean uh, when the Bible talks about rewards. That's what I want to talk about. Now, I know talking about rewards can be a little sticky. I know that some people, they look at when we talk about what uh, the rewards of li- living a Christian life, some folks go, it sounds like you're trying to sell Jesus, you're trying to peddle Jesus like a salesman. Or maybe somebody might even, uh, some of us, I know I share some of this criticism. We see those guys on TV, they smile and squint their eyes and promise you everything in the world. And you think, well, look at that, you know, and uh, it's a health and wealth gospel. That's all he's promoting. And then you might see, you might, you might experience, it might be some personal experience where you go, you know, I know the Bible talks about rewards, but I seem to always come up short. It doesn't always work out like the Bible seems to say. And so it might, you might experience some disappointment occasionally. Or maybe you're concerned about, well, when you talk about rewards, that seems to create some impure motives when it comes to following Christ. And I know there's probably a few here that say, I don't need rewards. I'm so spiritual, I don't need rewards. I got news for you, that's not very spiritual. Because rewards are in the Bible. From cover to cover, God promises reward after reward after reward. Now I want to talk a little bit about this before we get into the rewards of a wise life. Because uh, we need to understand some things about rewards. Why are they in the Bible? I mean, you ever thought about that? Well, if if, if rewards if rewards are not that important, why are they so much in the Bible? They're everywhere. Let me give you a few. I believe rewards are there to motivate you and I, to encourage us. They're there because God wants to, it shows how God wants to bless us. By the way, when you look at the rewards, it's not the rewards necessarily we're to focus on, but the rewards, who do they point to? The rewarder. The rewarder. And God wants to bless our lives. He wants to fill our lives. It also, it also creates hope in that, in that sense. And, and, and what you expect. What's God going to do? I don't, I don't know. You ever had these prayers? I've had them. God, you better come through on this one. I've done that. I remember one time we were having a, a root beer riot at SIUV and the rain clouds were coming 
And we've had moments around here when we've prayed for the weather to change and God changes it all of a sudden. I remember one time we, we prayed at one of our uh, fairs. Or, we had a big thing going on the back. And as we're praying, one of the guys goes, Oh God, move those clouds. Somebody's going, Lord, would you please move those clouds? And he goes, Let them move, Lord. Let them move. And someone's looking at their cell phone. It's, they're moving. I kid you not. I know of three occasions where this has happened. And here one time we're, we're SIUE, we're having this root beer right and the clouds are coming. We've prepared well. We expect a lot of campus students. And my wife goes, have you been praying, Tim? Huh? She calls me, have you been praying? You better be praying about this. I'm going to pray now. And I said, God, you've got to come through. And I'm, I kid you not. It's awesome to watch God do stuff with the weather. The, the clouds begin to part. Oh, I mean, they really do. And the, and the cloud, it's like the storm splits in two and goes around SIU and comes back together and clobbers Belleville. You know, it just was something. It was something to see that kind of stuff. And so you do expect God to, to reward faithfulness when we trust Him. I mean, uh, think about it. Who is going to follow Jesus if it's going to make your life miserable? I'm not interested in that. The rewards are there for a reason. To remind us of how good God is. We do have a good, good Father. That's who He is. And He wants to bless us big time when we trust and obey Him. Now I know that, by the way, I don't believe God wants our commitment to be based on rewards. He wants them to be not based on what we can get, but on the one who gives. That's really what it's about. We have to remember that when we look at rewards in the Bible. That, 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 that means that rewards are connected to the call of discipleship, to our commitment. It's the core. It's at the core of our commitment. What, the rewards? No, the rewarder. And because he rewards, we begin to trust this God more and more. Now the book of Proverbs has got lots of rewards. I went, I read through the book of Proverbs this week, just going, circling every verse I could find that would even imply a reward. And I had about 20 different kinds of rewards and I've condensed them down to seven today. Alright? And we're going to be looking at these rewards. Let's look at what the Bible says first of all in your notes here and up on the screen. It says in Proverbs 9, if you're wise, your wisdom will reward you. There's the promise right there. Wisdom will reward you. When you when you seek God's wisdom, we spent two weeks talking about ten ways to find God's wisdom. And when you begin to pursue God's wisdom, you will learn quickly that there's a reward somewhere waiting for you when you trust the Lord. Now, some of these rewards are earthly. Some of them are, are here on earth. And, and some are more heavenly, more eternal. I'm noticing this when I'm reading through the book of Proverbs, and maybe you're noticing this too, that they're, they're, the principles are generic and they're, they're, they're broad principles. They're not absolutes in the sense of, you do this, it'll happen every time, because let's be honest, we all can think of exceptions, right? We can think, well, I tried that. I, how many times have you said this or you heard somebody, I tried that and it didn't work. I know there, there might be an exception. So these, these are generic generic promises and generic rewards. Hopefully I can explain a little bit more as we go. So what I'm saying is generally speaking, God will bless us and reward us when we follow his principles in our lives. Let's get into them. Here they are, the seven rewards of a wise life. Number one, I'll have a deeper understanding of God. Those that, those that pursue the Lord and they begin to, to read His Word and they begin to study His Word, pray over His Word, they're going to have a deeper understanding of what God's all about and how He works. Look at this. He says, come and listen in Proverbs 1. Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. Some translations say, I'll share my thoughts with you. So whenever I begin to pursue the wisdom of God, I begin to seek the wisdom of God, call out for God's wisdom. When I, when I look to God's wisdom over my own understanding, oh my, I begin to see from God's perspective. I begin to understand what, I understand what God values. I begin to value those things. I start thinking. I start having his thoughts. Um, 
His heart is revealed. His spirit. You want to live by the spirit? The Old Testament encourages you to live by the spirit. The thoughts and attitudes, the heart of God, the spirit of God, pursue a wise life. Listen to what he has to say. And it deepens your understanding of who he is, what matters. You get the bigger picture. You see the bigger picture. Some of the wisest people in this congregation don't seem to flinch when something bad happens. Why? They see the bigger picture. They've pursued the wisdom of God enough, applied it enough. They go, I know how this is working. And I know how it's going to work out. It, It causes you to think like God. To value what God values. And most of all, this is why it should interest us. It helps us make decisions like God would. Just like Jesus Christ. We become like Jesus when we pursue a wise life. Look at it says here in Proverbs 2. Then when, when you, when you pursue wisdom, then you will understand respect for the Lord and you will find that you know God. I can know who God really is when I read his words. Just like a letter. You can, I, I have, I have some of Denise's love letters when we were in high school. And every once in a while I'll get them out of my memory box and I'll read them. And I, I can, I know this person. This person, these letters reveal what she's about, what matters to her. And this, and by the way, these, these letters have nothing but Christ and the Lord and, and God matters to my life. It mattered to her when she was a teenager. And I, I get to learn. I learn all what she thinks, what matters to her, what she values. Her, basically, when I look at her, I go, well, I know why you do that, because your letters reveal that. And the same is true with the Bible. I know why God does that. I learn why God does that. I learn how God works. I learn that he works all things together for good, because I've read his words enough. I get the idea of what he's doing, because he reveals his thoughts. I have a deeper understanding. Number two, reward number two. God gives me clear direction. Jim Fish was with us last week. He grew up in Kansas and he said this. He goes, you know, where I grew up, your dog in Kansas can run away and five days later, you can still see him running. It's so flat. If you've ever driven through Kansas on I-70, oh my gosh, there's not a curve for miles. It's straight. You can see for miles and miles. Why? That's the advantage of a straight path. You can see clearly where it's going. Whereas these windy things, you know, Matthew right now is in Colorado and with his family and they went through the million dollar highway and it's got all these switchbacks and up and down and stuff. What's next? And then you break over the hill. Oh, in Kansas, you, oh, it's there all the time. Straight clear as a bell. Look at this, what the Bible says here. He says, then, in other words, when you pursue wisdom, then you will understand what is right and good. Right and right from wrong. And you'll know what you should do. Now let's be honest. There's some times when we don't know what to do. Oh, I want to say half the time, yeah, I know what to do. But then you get in these moments, you go, I don't know what the next step is. It's so hazy. It's not real clear. We run into a problem, an issue, or it's a financial decision. Or where we're going to live. Or it's in a relationship. It's with South. I don't know how to fix it. I don't even know what to, what's my first step. It's so unclear. I don't know where to begin. So what do we do? We begin to read the Bible. We begin to ask God, give me clarity here. We begin to bounce it off of godly people. We seek advice. All these things help us find God's wisdom. And what, what does he promise will happen? You're going to know right from right from wrong. But you're also going to know what's right and what's good. Not only what's right and wrong, but between sometimes what's a good thing to do, a better thing to do, and the best thing to do. Man, God, I love it. God gives us more choices than Satan all the time. Lots of choices. And they're always good ones. And so that's what happens. So it helps us figure this out. Look at this passage here in Proverbs 4. Again, this is a passage, if you read Proverbs 4 this morning, you read this passage. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day, till noon. It's bright, not a cloud in the sky. The path of the righteous, he says, of the wise is so clear, you can see it. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. 
They do not know what makes them stumble. I was in, I was in my shed just this week and, uh, I have LED lights in my shed. When I flip them on, bam, it is bright. And I'm like, okay, and, and I've got the, I've got one of the garage doors open, so I'm going, okay, I'm going to walk. You ever done this? You go, okay, there's the path to the garage door. You shut the lights off and <laughs> it's pinball. Back, oh, ouch! You know, you flip the lights back on. Okay, don't do that. Flip it off. Boom, pow! And you, 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 I've, I fell over stuff, knocked stuff down, broke stuff. Why? It's dark. It's not very clear. Why don't you shut the garage door first, then come to the switch and go out the door? That's a great idea. A lot of people don't live like that, though. They flip the lights off before they try something. The very thing they need, the light, the wisdom of God, they don't even go to God. They don't even check God out. And then they try to make a decision, a financial decision, or a decision in marriage, or a family decision, or where to work, or what, what to do, how to handle something, and they're bumping into stuff. They're stumbling. That's the way the wicked is, full of darkness. I love this promise in Proverbs 3. He says, you trust the Lord. And he says, always let him lead you and he will clear the road for you to follow. He'll make it clear. You having trouble figuring out something? Pursue the wisdom of God. Ask God for that wisdom. Start looking in the book, in the Bible, and see what does God, does God weigh in on this? Ask some godly friends. And see if, if the, the path doesn't start getting clear. It's almost like the lights are coming on and you see what to do. Here's reward number three. I possess God's divine protection. Is that true? You might say. That sounds... I, I don't know, Tim. All I know is here's what the Bible says. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom. And she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Now I know there's exceptions. We're thinking of some exceptions. Am I right? I trust the Lord and man, I got T-bone. I trust the Lord and I got this letter that changed everything or I got this diagnosis. But see, it's, look, it's obvious in scripture that people who follow, follow the Lord, God did not eliminate all danger from them. Would you agree with that? I mean, you read people in the Bible and you go, Man, they followed the Lord and they got their heads cut off. They followed the Lord and they got sawed in two. They followed the Lord and they were in prison. Kind of like Joseph. He suffered. Some, you know, some of the stuff happened to him. You go, well, I thought he had God's protection. Do you know he believed he had God's protection? In spite of all that happening to him? The Apostle Paul was in prison. And what's, what's he say from prison? You know, I realized that the whole palace guard is hearing the gospel because I'm in prison. But Paul, I thought God was going to protect you. Yeah, he did. I got lowered in a basket in Damascus and I escaped getting killed there. And, and I got bit by a snake one time and, and that didn't seem to kill me. Boy, that was a hoot. You should have saw everybody going, oh my gosh, who is this guy? We got shipwrecked. I'm going through all this. Oh, we're going through storms and stuff. And, and I, I got through it. Oh, I got my bumps and I got my bruises to prove it. But God was protecting me the whole time. Paul, you got your head cut off. He dies from being beheaded by a Roman executioner. Hooded executioner. Wham! Cuts his head off. Well, Paul, it didn't work out for you. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. How, how can you say that? Where's God's protection in that? Oh, my goodness. After I'm dead, I'm still protected. I'm with the Lord. See, God protects. I remember Stephanie one time saying this, and I, I say it every time we talk about protection. She said to me, here she is dying of cancer, my sister-in-law. And she goes, Tim, if we could just see how much God doesn't let happen to us. If we could just... She's dying of cancer, and she has the gall to say that to me. And I'm going, to Stephanie, you're dying of cancer. Oh, this is nothing. Compared to all the other things, it, didn't Paul say that? Compare, there's nothing that compares to what's coming 
all the trials and stuff that we have? Why? Because God is protecting that inheritance for you and I. And there's some things He just won't allow to happen. You know as well as I, some of you here, you've tried to figure out, I walked away from something. Why? I, I listened to Don Yoder going, you know, Tim, I should have been dead. I guess God still got something for me to do. I said, yes, He does. Protection? Oh, you might get bumped around, scraped around. And the worst thing is, you might even die. I know there's exception to this. But the Bible promises, and I just know that there's, there's some things that I, I believe in my own life God has protected me from. Still standing. I can't believe it. It's exciting when you think about that. Look at this in Proverbs 2. Your insight and understanding will protect you. When you live a wise life, you avoid a lot of stupid stuff. I got to thinking about this, and maybe that's not true for you. I have been abused as a child. I've been abused, I've been abused, I've been hurt by lots of people. I'm sure some of you have, can say, I've been abused, I've been hurt, I've been disappointed. I've had people say awful stuff about me. Why didn't you protect me, Lord, when I was four? Why didn't you protect me when I was 30? Why didn't you protect me just a few years ago? I don't know if the protection is some of the stuff that God, I know sometimes God protects us from others, but most of the protecting, I find in my life that he's doing is, is protecting me from me. Because I do dumb stuff. Anybody else want to raise your hand to Jesus and say, you know, yeah, I've done it, done a ton of dumb stuff. And there's times I go, gosh, oh man. Or, man, I'm glad I didn't do that. I'm glad I listened to the Lord. Because if I hadn't, I'd have really walked into that. Most of the stuff, most of the junk that's happened in my life has been from my own hand, folks. And that's what I think is so cool when I get... God's protection. Again, we live in a busted, broken, evil world. Other people will hurt you and I. And sometimes God stops them and sometimes He doesn't. There's a some, something He's doing there. That doesn't answer my question, Tim. That's the best I got for you then. I just know in my life, I've wrestled through this myself. And I've discovered most of the problems... Most of the protection that God's trying to give me is from me, from making some bonehead mistake, marrying the wrong person, buying the wrong thing, making a decision of my job at the wrong time in my life, putting something in my body that I, that it's not good for me. It, it's doing all, there's, I, I think about some of the relationships I've had that God planted certain people. Oh my God. Thank you, Lord. But then he says, but Tim, you need to choose too. Choose better. It's on you too, Tim. I can only, I'm only going to do so much. This wisdom, why this wisdom is something you need to apply and learn to apply to yourself. So I, I, I do possess this divine protection. It talks about the Bible. If you look at Proverbs, just read, you'll see places where it says, when you pursue the life of a wise life, it will keep you from this. It will keep you from the path of that. It will prevent you from going there. That trap, that depth, that darkness, that death. That's the third reward. Number four, I receive God's power and strength. I'm very excited about this one. Would you agree that knowledge is power? I notice people... They've seen have a little more power over in their life, and 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 uh, and dealing with the problems they face, know something that other people don't. They're wiser because of it. Look at here, wisdom. This is in the Bible. Wisdom makes a man more powerful. Knowledge gives a man strength. The most powerful words that have ever been spoken are from the lips of God. 
the most powerful words. They created things out of nothing by a spoken word. And you know, guys, I don't know about you, but I, I think about, I want God's power. And when I pursue his wisdom, what he has to say, I start receiving the power that comes from those words. See, it, 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 wisdom strengthens things like my character. They, they give me a greater capacity to handle pressure. Is it all in the head? It's in the head and the heart. And when you get wisdom, transfer from knowledge, God's word, from knowing something to understanding it. Oh my. Your confidence builds. It builds your confidence. It's stronger. Your faith is stronger. Your resilience is stronger. You have more endurance. You've got a tougher skin than most people. You can handle. You don't sweat the small stuff. Listening to my uncle, my uncle Larry taught me how to shoot automatic weapons and did other things that my dad would have killed him for. Things he taught us. My brother and I went and saw him. He has bladder cancer. And I'm listening to he's 78. And he said something that, that startled me. He was talking about some somebody he was talking to. And he goes, and my feelings were hurt. And my feelings got hurt. And I thought to myself, oh my, you're 78. And your feelings got hurt. And he's having, he's really struggling with this relationship in the family because his feelings of it. And I notice he's, he struggles with a lot of those kinds of people in our family that are disruptive and he does, he, he just can't process it. And his feelings are hurt. His skin is real thin is what I'm trying to say. You know, when you become a Christian, you've got a big old target. I remember one time it was said, you got a target here and you got a bigger one here. And what do I do? Well, you keep walking with the Lord and your skin's going to get a little tougher. You can handle the criticisms. You can handle the attacks. Why? Because wisdom empowers your life. God's wisdom empowers your life. You can carry more weight. And besides that, you your words carry more weight. You have greater impact and influence when you have the wisdom of God. But one of the things that excites me about this point, I found a verse that I thought, wow, I never, I, I've read Proverbs a billion times and I, didn't, I just didn't catch it, was that it helps me defeat my strongholds. Look at this here. One who is wise can go up against a city of the mighty and pull down the stronghold in which they trust. You got something that's got a grip on you that's really strong, an addiction, emotional, physical, a wise God gives you wisdom, you have the power to tear that down. Is that awesome? It, 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 can, it gives you incredible power over that circumstance, over that addiction, over that worry, over that anguish. Like a mighty, like the city of the mighty, the wise. By, just by, tears it down, throws it down like, I can defeat it. Reward number five. I prosper. I prosper. To acquire wisdom is to love yourself. People who cherish understanding will prosper. I seldom talk about this. I'm just going to be honest with you. I seldom talk about prosperity. Why? Because I'm afraid you're going to call me Joe Osteen or you're going to, somebody's going to say, am I right? Oh no, we're all going to the health and wealth prosperity stuff. It's in the Bible. I just read a Bible verse. It's, it's for the wise. I will prosper. Look at this. And it's not just in there once. I kept running across these verses. Look at, look at chapter 8, verse 20 to 21 here. I walk in righteousness. He's talking about wisdom and speaking here. It's in the context of wisdom speaking. I walk in righteousness in paths of justice. Those who love me inherit wealth. I will fill their treasures. What? That's what it says. 
Inherit wealth. Inherit whose wealth? God's wealth. What is that? Could it be material? Yeah. Is it limited to material? No. Because God doesn't need this stuff. He's hoping you won't hold on to it so much either. Because there's better stuff. Better, better blessings. Better rewards. And he says, I will fill. It's very important you pay attention to that word. I will fill their treasures. Now I know I can think of some exceptions again. I know people that, that love the Lord. They trust the Lord. But they don't have as much money. They don't have a nice car. Or they live in a house that's just not quite there. Or that they struggle financially. Anybody know? Anybody think like that? Done the same thing? It crosses my mind too. You know, they don't have a lot. But then I ask myself, a lot of what? A lot of what? Because there we find, when God's talking about His rewards of prosperity, He may not be thinking what we're thinking. He may be thinking, oh no, there's some other things that, that money can't buy. Why is that? When I went to my Uncle Larry's, he, I was trying to bring it today. He's always, he's been, he gives Danny and I stuff every time we go out and visit him. He goes, you guys, I want you guys to have this. And he gives me my granddad, his dad, granddad's hand shucker. Now I know most of you here are counties. But some of you grew up in the old days when they used to shuck corn. It's a little leather strap. It's on your hand. It's got a little, like a, like a little pointy metal thing. And my grandfather would go through the field shucking corn by hand. And he would, he could, what Uncle Larry said, he could do four rows at a time while he and my dad could only do two rows. He would stay up with him. He was that fast. I'm holding this. I don't have anything that belongs to my granddad, Gil. Nothing. I'm holding in my hand an artifact. I put it on my hand and it fit perfectly. It scared me to death. I've got my granddad's hands. It fit perfectly. And I'm sitting there going, my gosh, how much do you think I want for that? Think I'd sell it? Why not? Because of the relationship I have with who holds this, it's priceless. My, my grandfather, when he died, when he had a stroke, he almost fell in a hog pen and he would have been eaten by the pigs. That was common in southern Illinois. He happened to fall on the right side of the fence. When he, when my grandfather, they went through his wallet, he had one dollar. One dollar. But it's a million dollar bill to me. Why? Because it belonged to him. He wasn't a rich man. I have a heavenly father that owns everything. And he says, Tim, don't get, don't get so tied up into all this stuff down here. But, but, but don't you reward me? I want you to have these things. But look what he says here in Proverbs 8. It goes on in Proverbs 8. With me, he says, with me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I hold, I hold this thing in my hand. I'm going, this, there's no amount of gold or silver you could give me to let loose of it. And God says, Tim, that's just a earthly thing. What I want to give you, what I, the inheritance I want to pass on to you, is more than gold. Don't get so hung up on that gold and car and money in the bank. Your inheritance is much bigger than that when you trust the wisdom of God. Because in my hands, I have rewards that are no, no earthly treasure can get close to. You know, I thought about Jesus when He says in Matthew 6, don't lay up treasures here on earth, but treasures in heaven. 
And he says, where moth does can't eat it, rust can't destroy it, and thieves can't get it. There's something Jesus, that God has, a reward he has, that outdoes the paycheck, the new car, the house, the jewelry. <clears throat> How do I receive that reward? Oh, that reward comes from pursuing the wisdom of God. I'm not saying that, by the way, I'm not saying that you, somebody, I know some wise Christians, they have money in the bank. I know some wise Christians that have the bills paid. I know some wise Christians that take, they prize their possessions. The Bible says that in Proverbs. The wise prize their possessions. They take care of their stuff and they make it last and they, and they, they have a, they're secure financially. They're secure in so many ways. But I also know some Christians that, that have a lot less, but have so much more because they trust the, the wisdom of God. They trust the Lord. They got it. They got it made. They got it made. You see, wisdom gives me stuff that money can't buy. Like what? Like love. And peace. And joy. Contentment. Confidence and hope, not worry. You can't buy that stuff. Oh, they try to put in a bottle, take that pill, and you'll feel better. But it's you got to keep buying the pills, and they don't. It doesn't last. So this reward, I prosper for the wise. I notice this about wise people; they seem to be going forward in a lot of ways. Sometimes it's earth, but always eternal. Let's get to the sixth reward. The sixth reward is good health and a long life. See, I believe this wisdom is connected to better health and a longer life. You get more life when you're wise. You get more life when you're wise. Look what it says here. These words in Proverbs 4. Words of wisdom. These words are the secret to life for those who find them. They bring health to the whole body. Would you agree that why when you're wise you'll you eat better you take better care of your temple when you see that your your body's the temple of God you try to take care of it you remember a few years ago somebody broke into church building and messed it up yeah how uh, they took a fire extinguisher and talked stuff over and, and I just remember people coming and go oh I can't believe this happened to the house of God you know, while they're chewing on something they shouldn't be eating or drinking something they shouldn't be drinking or whatever. In other words, we, we think of, if, if we ought to be thinking of our bodies the same way. This is the temple of the Lord. And wise people learn to have healthier, healthier habits. And they're healthier. And, if, and because they're healthier, they're able, they live a fuller and richer and more productive life because of it. But you know, I, I got to thinking about this too, that wisdom doesn't only take care of the food we eat or the things we put in our body. It might help us with that. But it helps with those germs that are more mental than physical that relate to poor health. Like anxiety. When I begin to have the wisdom of God It'll address, it's the remedy, it's the prescription for when I'm afraid, or when I'm greedy, or when I'm arrogant. It's, 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 it's perfect when I'm, it helped me deal with jealousy and bitterness. All these things lead to, they just wreck us physically, don't they? All these little things that, how many times has pride made you just miserable? Or worry makes you miserable. It's this dis-ease that's at the source of disease that God's wisdom deals with. I like this. It says here, Listen, my son, accept what I say and the years of your life will be many. I know Billy Joe said only the good die young, but he's wrong. There's a lot of dumb, dumb people that die young. 
There's a lot of good people that live long lives. Why? Because they're wise. They go, you know, I'm not going to do that. I don't know how many pitfalls, again, I've avoided because the Bible warned me. The Bible talks about this in Proverbs, that the wise, the prudent, see what lies ahead and they prepare for it. You can avoid a lot of stupid things, guys, when you listen to the Lord. And because of that, it'll extend your lifespan. You say, but I know people that, that are wise and, they, and they, they, their lives got cut short. And yes, you can, but you know what? Their lifespan's still long because it's not just limited to the earth. The wise, their lifespan goes on forever. Look at this passage. The path of life leads upward for the wise. They leave the grave behind. I like that. They're not over when everybody thinks they're over. No, because you're wise, you experience eternal life. And here's reward number seven. I experience God's peace. Life doesn't stand still. Life is difficult. Life, life is constantly shifting, constantly changing, and that can worry me, that can worry you. We, we see what's going to happen. What's going to happen if this happens? What if, what if this guy gets elected? What if this doesn't get passed? What if the company has this problem? Or where I work, they, 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 they lay me off. All these things. What if I get, I get a physical and they tell me I've got something? Oh my goodness. We don't know what's ahead. Like I say, the wisdom clears the path. But there's times when even when the path is clear, I go, I see something coming. That doesn't look good. I got a shirt I haven't wore yet, and it's a stick man pointing, and it says, that's a bad sign, and it's a sign that says bad on it. That's a bad sign. You know, it's something, we see stuff coming, oh boy, I don't like this, and anxiety, we get all worked up, we get worried. Well, God rewards those that are wise with peace of mind. He gives us this peace. Proverbs 3, blessed are those who find wisdom, her ways are pleasant ways, and her path our peace. I know we don't live in a bubble. I'm not saying we live in a bubble. This is a broken, crazy world. It's it's not so. And and we're going we're we're exposed to dangers. We're exposed to uncertainty. But can I just encourage you to when you begin to pursue the, the wisdom of God, you start seeing things from His perspective. You begin to see the bigger picture. It'll act, it'll alleviate your anxiety. It really will. I was reading in Proverbs, it says, that in one passage, it says that she sits in the highest place of the city and calls out to the simple. Well, what's, what's so important about that? Well, you know, if you've been on top of the arch, you can see so much. You see all the cars, you see, if you're in a plane, you see, I mean, it's, it, the perspective changes when you're in the mountains. You're up high, you can see more, you can see what's ahead more, what's around you. And the same is true when you begin to have God's wisdom. You begin to go, you know what? I know I'm going to be okay. I know it's going to be all right. Every time I stress out, I forget this point. Every time I'm stressing out, I stressed out this week, I forget. God says, hey, the path is peaceful, Tim. Why am I all worked up? I think it's because you've forgotten some things. Let me enlighten you. I control everything. Let me help you some more. I work everything out for good. For those that love me, and I know you love me. So calm down. There's a proverb for that. It's going to be okay. It means, it means that whatever you're facing, maybe you're facing something right now, a big decision or a crisis, you, you don't have to worry about being crushed by it. You can have peace knowing God's going to take care of you. Jesus said this, in this world you'll have trouble. He modeled that. Did he get trouble? And yet, he says, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. James said, don't think it's weird. It's something strange. Some hardship or trials happen to you. Don't think that's weird. That's the way it is on this earth. It's broken. And here's what it's going to produce. And when you find out what the, the, the character and the patience and all this stuff that it produces, it calms you down. Oh, so this is... God's figured out how to work with all this brokenness. Let me read this last verse and we'll be done. Proverbs 3. Let me encourage you this. this very, the very first point of it, or the very first sentence. My son, do not let wisdom 
and understanding out of your sight. That's very important you remember that. Do not let wisdom out of your sight. Always keep it in full view. Always keep it with you. Keep the Word of God, keep God's wisdom with you. Why? Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. You'll lie down, you'll not be afraid. When you lie down, you'll sleep. Your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. I want to ask you this morning you know, uh, to think about this. What rewards? How is God rewarding you when you pursue a wise life? What reward would you like to experience? How are you, how are you pursuing the wisdom of God? It's so important. And the only way to keep it out of your sight is you stay close to the Lord. Are you close to the Lord? Because when you're close to Him, His wisdom is always there. You have a card in the bulletin that gives you a chance, if you want to, to respond to this lesson today. You can Maybe there's a prayer request you want to make. You'd like to say, you know, pray for me and pray for someone in my family if they're sick or what's going on. But, or pray for me that I pursue the wisdom of God. Or maybe you'd like to study the Bible with somebody. There's, I think there's a box there. I'm interested. I'll check, check that box. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing a song while you're filling out these cards. And then we'll sing another song. And you can and to wrap up the services. And you can leave your, your cards there and, and the little baskets in the back. Uh, if you're, uh, just remind the church to continue to give. If you're a guest, we're not asking you to give anything. Nobody's going to look at you funny if you don't. Uh, we understand. We hope you're going to get something today. God bless you as we learn how, how to foolproof our lives. Let's pray. Holy God, again, we thank you, like every Sunday, for a wonderful Sunday together. Father, we thank you for the, way, the ways you reward a wise life. Father, we, we thank you for the, the deeper understanding we receive, the clear direction. Many of us here can even point this week where you've given us some clear direction. God, thank you for the protection and the power that you provide. And we pray that we'll apply your wisdom, your powerful words in our life. We want to change. Father, I'm thinking that maybe somebody here has got a stronghold in life. Or maybe it's with a, a, some, something, they're, they're a drug or, or an emotional or something that, that's happened to them and they just can't seem to shake it. Father, I pray you'll give them the power and the strength. Give them the scriptures and the wisdom and the people around them to encourage them to see that you love them and you want to prosper their lives. Father, I pray for health in this church. I pray that we will give our members, give us all good health, use us, give us a long, productive, full life. And Father, most of all this morning, I pray for those of us that are just in such knots sometimes that we'll find your peace, that we'll let your word encourage us and reassure us there's nothing to be afraid of, that, we'll, that, that you are going to take care of us. Pray in Christ's name. Amen. To know you as my Father, to know you as my King, to know you in your resurrection, power and suffering, to know you as my Teacher, to know you as my Light, to know
Oh uh-huh.